Hello Waterloo Road fans, it's Tom here, your podcast host, just popping by before we get started to tell you about the Patreon page, where you can get loads of fun, extra stuff from us for a subscription price. That includes our Waterloo Road Awards, we have just done the second half of Series 6, For Our Sins. Um, You can also find our looks back at particular characters, our reviews of other school-based shows and extended versions of all of our interview specials. Loads of great stuff on the Patreon with plenty of great stuff to come. You can find that at patreon.com slash waterlooroadpod. And as part of the Patreon, you also get a shout out on this podcast. So thank you to our existing subscribers. Thank you to Lottie Smith, to Matthew Kumar, to Natalie, who is Natalie the book reader on Instagram, Thank you to Lucy, to Joe Buckle, to Emily Berry, to Eliza, who you can find at WaterlooXRoad underscore on Instagram. Thank you to Claudia Graham. Thank you to Kirsten. Thank you to Hannah Louise, who would like to shout out NHS Mental Health Services. Thank you to Sarah Mython. Thank you to Georgia Leah, who you can find on Instagram and TikTok as The Avocado Bath. Thank you to Mel, and thank you to Tom Percival. Your continued support is, as always, much appreciated. And if you listening now would like to join the list of shoutouts, get access to all of the great Patreon stuff, all you need to do is go to patreon.com slash waterlooroadpod. And now, without any further ado, let's get on with this week's podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Everything From Nothing, the Waterloo Road podcast. I am your Waterloo Road superfan, Tom Beasley, joined as ever by Luke Stevenson to continue talking about Series 7, which we think is one of the best series to date, don't we, Luke? Tom, you're you're a fool's (laughs) errand here. I... When you manage to drag two sentences out of me during this episode, when I'm not doing that, I'll be looking at myself in the camera trying to figure out if my nose has gotten wonkier. Because I think it has. <laughs> Do you think it has? No. I think it leans more this way now. But I don't want to talk about this. This episode is dire. It's possibly the worst episode of television. It's like, a, on a fundamental level, it fails from actors, from script, from story. <laughs> it is nuts. It raises a question, and I never thought I'd have to ask this question, but what needs, what does a teacher need to do to a child in this school for Karen to reprimand them? <laughs> but well, the answer is marry them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the answer. <laughs> Even then, the police took it out of her hands. Um, no, because like, so you watched this episode today before I did, and you messaged me to say this was, you know, one of the worst things ever that ever happened in human history. And so I was like braced for it to be truly terrible. But frankly, compared to the back half of series six, this was just a sort of common or garden bad Waterloo Road episode. I don't think there was anything remarkable about it. No, it's just the fundamentals, you know? It's like the first five minutes of quote-unquote script is just people <laughs> walking into sets and yelling exposition. <laughs> so I think the, fir- the first line is just like one of the twins going, how am I supposed to concentrate today with the court case? Look to camera. <laughs> Someone I had to do like a, pl- a GCSE play and it had to be like 13 minutes long, so you have to explain the pot- plot in the first four lines. <laughs> It's like you get a spotlight, you stand up and you go, today is the day. 
There yes. was a court case. <laughs> Nan raised me after my mother got pregnant at 13. Now my mother wants me back. She was 13 and things were tough at home. Indeed. We get we get a lot of classic Waterloo Road in this opening because Rona and Shona's mum threatens to swing for both of them. Yes, classic. Classic Waterloo Road. We love that. But yes, they're fretting over this court case. So there's a court case between the twins' mum and their nan. Uh, but she's doing an application for residence um, because the nan brought them up and now there's a row between the nan and the mum for reasons. Yes, because... Uh, yes. It's so the mum clear... wants to have her children live with her. Yeah. But it's not clear how long this dispute's been going on or where they've been living in the meantime. No, but it's it's really just it's really culminated in today's school day. Yes, <laughs> these girls have not been bothered by this at all because, no. as we know, the courts in this country are very efficient. So the mother <laughs> brought the court case on the Tuesday, and then on the Wednesday. <laughs> so how am I supposed to focus with this court case happening today? Yeah, um, but the nan turns up outside the school. The mum goes over to talk to her. Their conversation ends with the with mum saying, I'll see you in court. And the nan saying, I'll see you in hell. When was that line first used? And you reckon it was cringe then? <laughs> I th- it must have been. It must have felt overwritten and cringe then. Uh, I think, was it like a... Ch- it must have been like a Terminator movie. P- possibly. Uh, see, I always associate it with the most absolute cliche pro wrestling interview segment. Okay. Cause it's like, you know, I'm going to fight you on Sunday at the pay-per-view and I'll see you in hell. And then pauses. And the crowd goes, Ooh, and yeah. then he goes in a cell. And everyone yes. goes, ah! <laughs> <laughs> it's like other wrestling, but in a big cage, <laughs> The greatest like scam I think that ever pulled was how WWE managed to convince everyone that a steel cage and a hell in a cell were two different things. Look, I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you want chapter and verse on the difference between uh, steel cage, hell in a cell, and steel war cage, games, you can I will give it you. The top, but like, <laughs> and, like, hell in a cell, you're trapped in the cell. But still, yeah. broadly, same concept. Hell in a uh, cell some- has a roof. At some point, Rey Mysterio gets thrown into the gate. It's all fine. <laughs> and Hell in a Cell also extends beyond the edges of the ring, so you can get to the weapons under the ring in a Hell in a right. Cell, which you can't in a steel cage, because as soon as someone escapes a steel cage, that's the end of the match. So who do you reckon would win? Shona's mum or her nan? <laughs> Shona's nan has got the killer instinct for sure. <laughs> and she already has the chains. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She's already got weaponry. <laughs> I don't know if there's any ever been an instance of wrestlers faking a heart attack to get out of a match, but maybe. <laughs> Possibly. Felt, felt like something that JBL did in the noughties. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Oh, that's specific. That's it's very specific. <laughs> I'm proud. That's, that's, that's a reference to bring the people in. <laughs> <laughs> to bring the people who are very specifically our age. <laughs> <laughs> And had access to Sky One in about two thousand and five. <laughs> we've we've spent much longer on on wrestling than I ever dared to hope on this uh, on this podcast. Um, Aiden and Aiden's mom turned up last episode. Remember that? Yes. Um, A vaguely. week has since passed. <laughs> 
Ron, Ron um, got over the shock of her turning up, and then yeah. weeks later, it's like she's still here. Yeah. Um, so Aiden sort of frustrated that the that his mom Naomi is just sort of pretending that everything's normal and fine. There's reference to her having seen a therapist recently. Rob talking about how she always just runs away at the first sign of trouble, but she says she wants to make up for the past. But Rob says. I'm going to school and I don't want you here when I get back. And he just leaves without Aiden, who is dressed and ready for school. <laughs> He's like, what the hell, Dad? Come on. The, again, this is another great example of just bad writing because this whole scene, it's no, it's no character, it is just exposition. Yeah. It's just her coming in and dumping plot. And I feel like as well, it might come up more earnestly later, she defines what happened as she had a breakdown now yeah. I am a I am a millennial, so I'll have a breakdown over anything. But I think yeah. in her term, she actually means it as kind of you know quite a, a serious mental health episode. Whereas Rob seems to just say she ran off with somebody else. Now they need to clarify which one of those things happened because Rob spends the, a lot of the next episodes just shaming her for what happened. And if we're supposed to like Rob, we need to know whether his version is the truth or her version is the truth. Yeah. Because otherwise, it's just like, you know, she ran off and went mad or whatever. She just ran away from all these things. Actually, she sounds like she could have actually had a proper serious uh, incident that needed support. Yeah, it sort of feels like the show is doing a very kind of unpleasant and stigmary women be crazy sort of thing. Yeah. She had to be crazy to leave me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, that's all very queasy. Um Karen is bringing in uh, Richard, the director of education at the local authority, um, to see this new community cafe that they are putting together. Um, and conveniently Why? for the plot, conveniently for the plot, the twins' mum is volunteering. <laughs> well, yeah, of course. Um... Why would a director of education be interested in a community cafe? It has nothing to do with education. <laughs> Look, we have to introduce the villain for the rest of the series. <laughs> um, so we've got uh, Rona and Shona. So there's tension between Rona and Shona because Shona wants to stay with their nan and Rona wants to stay with their mum. So they're having a big row in Chalky's class. Um, Emily does the brilliant and vintage Tom Beasley. Some of us want to learn here. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> the lesser spotted Emily who has had a flick Mella hairdo. She has. Yeah, she has. She has. And a lot of hair. I was looking at a lot of the hair in this scene because I just can't be bothered. Um, there was, it was a peak Diana Vickers era in that room. <laughs> it was. There was. was a girl in the front row who had the whole, like, you know, little back comb and it was sweeped across the front. It was all, yeah. it was very Diana Vickers. I hope she's okay. <laughs> Hope so. Um, so, uh, meanwhile, we learn from uh, that the twins' mom that she was pregnant at thirteen with them, and she kind of went off the rails. And so, their nan did bring them up. Um, we don't know up to what age. We don't know at what point she came back on the scene as the mom. We know with so little context. <laughs> All we know is what they've done is they've pinned it against like birth mother versus grandparents. Yeah. So you don't need to understand the nuances of why the grandparent might not be suitable or the birth mother might not be suitable. It's just yeah. blood, blood superior. Yes. Is yes. how the show wants to see it. So uh, Karen goes to see Rob, suggests that he could try being a teaching assistant for the day. 
um, on top of his duties as site manager, which feels like a lot to put on his plate. What kind of lawless hellhole is? I'm pretty certain you can't just walk into a room and go, you're a teaching assistant now. Oh, I don't know. They do it a lot in this show. They did it with Janice yeah. that time. Um, yeah, I know. They like, did it with Davina I, initially before she started training. Is there like, because you'll need a general like background check to work in a school. Yes. But surely work, like his job does not involve face-to-face time with children. And she has given him that in a morning. Surely there has to be an additional check for that, right? Um, I don't know. I, like, I don't know, obviously, but I would imagine that to be in any role at a school requires the same level of, of check. Mm. Because like, even in his role, he does have a reasonable amount of face-to-face contact with the students. Which is weird, because I didn't have a lot of face-to-face time with our site manager. No, nor did, nor did I. <laughs> um, but this is a very different school. Um so back in Chalky's class, the football references have moved forward in time. We've got Wayne Rooney now. We've moved on from Southgate. <laughs> the kids then decide that Chalky is a virgin because there's lots of talk about scoring and whether you can or can't score. Um, Rona and Shona start singing like a virgin. Um, and then Chalky calls Shona a poison little dwarf. What a line. It's a great line. And then when she goes to Karen, it's like, he called me a poison dwarf. How Karen doesn't laugh. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that's true. <laughs> you have a kick away, the teacher called me a poison little dwarf. I'll be like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. But there's, so there's something this episode does a lot where they do a lightning transition between tones. So... Yes. The scene starts with Shona running into Karen's office and going, oh, I've been abused by, you know, the teacher who called me a poison dwarf. And then the sort of heightened kind of comedy type thing. And then half a second later, she's like crying about the very serious custody dispute she's at the centre yeah. of. Where Mr. Mead, I don't think we called him out on this. Mr. Mead is a, I'll knock on the door, but I'm already opening it kind of guy. <laughs> he just, he's knocking the door, he's in. And then he's like wading in onto show the situation. The only thing that would make it worse is if he said knock knock while he was doing it. Knock knock. Knock knock. <laughs> um, so she's like Shona's worried about like being caught between her mom and her nan and all of that sort of stuff. Um, so Karen says to Chris that she wants to get some cover for Chalky's lessons while uh, Richard from the LA is around. Seems reasonable. I'm glad they kind of broached this because if you were the teacher at the centre of this, it's not a great vote of confidence. After a semi-positive appraisal a few weeks ago. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's also like if you hired him and then five weeks in, you're like, I need to hide him. You go, well, they're not a good teacher. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It just kind of feels like, you know, um, they're probably still within their probationary period. You can get yeah, shot, yeah, yeah. can't you? So she goes to talk to him, says, you know, your classes are chaotic um, and you've, you know, uh, lashed out at people. Um, we're putting you in this cafe for the rest of the day. Then Chalky and Rob have their conversation. You know, the one. <laughs> yeah, I, I, my note here was just, it's a nice little spot of the episode. Just take a breather, just to yeah. zone out. I don't have Did to you... take any notes. It's... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what they've said to one another and you just yeah. go, right, cool. Just a little yeah. refresh. Yeah. Um, we find out that the twins' mum won the court case. And then uh, Vicky is angry at Aiden because Aiden hasn't told Jess 
that they're together. Did we at any point see them having this conversation that they had to tell Jess? Because I think I the last we saw of them, it was all secret, secret, secret. And now yeah, Vicky's like, like, why haven't you told her yet? Like, we're supposed to know. I felt like we in missed the last a, episode, they kind of like broached like the physical part of it together. And I think from Vicky's point of view, that basically meant, okay, we're now a thing and this has to happen. Right. But I don't know. I'd, I'd be the last thing I'd want to tell her. Yeah. <laughs> their second year, their second year of sick form. Wait it out. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I I know there's more episodes this series, so you'll be waiting longer. But so uh Eleanor is not happy about having Rob as a TA in her class, but then they do the thing we've seen on this show already a million times, where they get put on the spot. And it turns out Rob knows everything about Of Mice and Men because everyone knows everything about Of Mice and Men because everyone did it at school, except for you. <laughs> hey. uh, the plot of the book. My, my note was Rob lists off the plot of the book everyone but me did at school. <laughs> yeah. And then he even quotes the Robert Burns poem that the title comes from. And at that point, it's just smug. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Yes. So we get uh, an arcade fire track as Shona gets a text from her now. That, that was the one that I enjoyed last week. Ready to start. Ah, there you go. No, this one is called Weekend. This one is called We Used to Wait. What? Ready to start is definitely in this episode. Well, I, I consulted the list for this particular song. <laughs> there may be others. I do not dispute. <laughs> Um, so yeah, her nan has sort of invited her to like meet her. Um, then the nan then tells uh, Shona what the verdict of the court case was because the mum hadn't told her. Um, Shona then gets in her car. Bizarrely, um, they take her to the bingo as like a safe house. <laughs> Just day bingo. It's very, it's very weird. I like I like the idea. That it's the same social club and like Flick Mella's dad is sat in the corner. Yes. <laughs> Drinking himself into getting a digger. <laughs> so I did, this time, I just won't stop. And <laughs> I won't photograph myself at the scene. Absolutely amazing behaviour that was. I, I feel like we don't remember that enough. Yeah, yeah. The fact that he took a selfie and sent it to Rachel is such a great flex. <laughs> <laughs> This is the power the police hold. Yeah, exactly. Um, meanwhile, back at the school, Chalky has decided that he wants to put on a performance at the cafe. They love a performance. Um, and that the twins are going to sing. Did, like, were you amazed by them singing like a virgin? I didn't believe they had it in them. He was, just, <laughs> he was like, I want to make them sing. I was like, I wouldn't do that, Rob. Uh, sorry, Daniel, that feels risky. <laughs> so then we get uh, Aiden talking to Vicky. Uh, Aiden revealing that uh, his mum is back. Um, br- nicely, I thought, Vicky has clearly been brought up to speed on the situation with his mum. So they've clearly had some semi-emotional conversations between all the snogging. Do we want to talk about the acting? I, I feel like scene? we have to a little bit. I, I genuinely thought that we were supposed to read this scene as Aiden faking his emotions. That is genuinely how I thought we were supposed to read this scene. I I thought he was faking it so that he could get Vicky alone in a room, but then it's kind of transpired that he's being earnest about it. Yeah. At which point, 
you're then just like, well, why did it come across as so fake? Yeah. What it what it reminded me of is anyone who's seen uh, the Hamilton recording on Disney Plus. Oh bloody um, hell! When Lin Manuel Miranda wants to act sad, he does a voice. And the voice is like this. He just puts lots of noise in his voice. And that's, it feels like that's what Aiden's doing. It's the same I, I, level of weird. Like, I have sympathy for the actor because Aiden is written totally differently in every single scene that he's yes. in. So he's like, he's like sad. He's snide. He's arrogant. He's, you know, um, he's a ladies' man. He's insecure. And it doesn't make any sense. So he is being dragged from pillar to post in every scene he's in. So in this one, I was like, I don't, I don't understand you. Yeah. And there is some capital, like capital G GCSE acting for the end of this episode. <laughs> Back at the Scotcher household, Naomi is looking at Rob's email account, sees lots of emails from Carrot. Now I took a note of this. Yes. The emails that make her suspicious. Yeah. Are subjected study notes. <laughs> staff wrote her, look at this. Need any more help? Meeting at lunch. Can you check this out? That scarlet woman. <laughs> now, as far as accusations go, yeah. unless unless look at this came with an attachment of her topless. There is not it's, reasonable cause it's to open up his work email and go, oh, all of these are from his boss. <laughs> this, is, this is so suspicious. It's disgusting. <laughs> so, yes, as we say, this somehow makes Naomi very suspicious. Um, and she turns up at the school wanting to see Karen um, and then talks to Karen and says, you know, my husband's a very handsome man. Don't beat yourself up if you've fallen for him. Um and she then like warns Karen off. Karen goes to see Rob and Rob explains that, you know, Naomi walked out on him and she claimed that there was nothing going on, but there was another man. Um, and he says, oh, you know, I hated her for what she did, but it's complicated. We don't really know how or why it's complicated. It's complicated. We still don't by the end of the episode. So it's not like they're doing. They building. just said it's complicated. So yeah, that makes it complicated. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, so then we get Shona at the bingo. There's some some light bingo comedy with them having to exclude one of the numbers because it's broken. I didn't mind some light bingo comedy. Yeah. It's weird. If you I want feel to like call the, it comedy. I feel like the stuff in this episode that like could have been really funny. Okay, you've lost me there. If they'd written it like 10 to 15% better. <laughs> this, this is like one of the uh, reviews we get on uh, Apple, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. There's lots of stuff in it that could have been funny, <laughs> but like I, I didn't mind that the light bingo comedy. Um, and then Shona mentions this cafe thing, and this seems to spark a plan in um, the the nan. I don't really get how her plan relates to the calf. No, nor do I. <laughs> And I don't get why the other people get involved. No, I don't get why the other people get involved. <laughs> That's like, very strange. It turns into like a nan's right. <laughs> I don't understand why the other people leave either. <laughs> no, we'll talk about all of that. Um, so... Uh, I, I do want to say, though, Rona and Shona's mum at one point go, my boyfriend has got a job in Scotland. Mm -hmm. Now, at this point, 
the girls react incredulously to the idea of moving from Rochdale to Scotland. Yeah. Because it is, it's a bit mad to up sticks from Rochdale to Scotland and it expect is. everything to be the same. Yeah, it's, it's unusual. It's a strange thing to do. <laughs> Without precedent, one might say. <laughs> so, yeah, they've, they've brought um, Shona back to the school um, just as they're about to call the police. The mum says, yeah, the, my boyfriend's got a new job. We're moving to Scotland. Um, Shona legs it. Richard, the director of education, arrives. He's no Nigel. He's no Nigel. He is not. Have you ever seen V? It, it's a sci-fi show no. about lizard aliens who wear human skin. Yeah. That's what he brings. He definitely has that aura of, I am a lizard person. <laughs> cool. Um, bizarrely, so he's turned up early. And he decides to just have a look around. Because he's never been to the school. Like, again, I don't understand what a director of education is supposed to be interested in. Surely it's results. But he goes, I'm here to have a look at the facilities and see the cafe opening next door. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Like, he, he acts almost like a Max Tyler figure, like an executive head of a number of schools in the area. Yeah. Which is not what he is. He's a local authority employee. I don't know, how far were we into Gove's reign of terror? They could be... <laughs> he could have been Supreme Chancellor of Rochdale Academies by this point. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, so, uh, Aidan, for some reason, has a key to Rob's office. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't understand why you'd do that. Rob for what already reason does not trust that? his son, so why would he yeah. give him a key to his office? <laughs> yeah. Um, so he takes Vicky in there. I was very anxious about the fact that Aiden doesn't lock the door. Yes, but it helps the plot if he doesn't lock the door. It doesn't, because when Rob comes in later to find them, he uses his own key and unlocks the door. So, <laughs> so it actually has no bearing on the plot. <laughs> so at the time, in the time we don't see, Aiden stops what he's doing, gets up and goes, better lock the door. And that is the benefit of removing your socks. Yeah, but, but <laughs> the thing is, again, if you walk, if you have that rational moment of walking over to the door, surely you have some kind of thing. Should I be doing this in my dad's office during the school day? And then he went, so was, not, not if I don't lock the door. <laughs> I'll tell you what, he had one sock off. <laughs> that's it. That's it. So at this point... Um, Team Bingo arrive in this sort of garish purple 4 by 4 thing. <laughs> it's all very Sheila's wheels, this, isn't it? <laughs> to which, to which the, 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 the nan then says, and I quote, come on, grannies, let's have it. <laughs> <laughs> Why would they be there? Why would they be involved? I don't know. What, and they like, start what... chaining themselves to the fence. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what, what do we want? Objectives. <laughs> when do we want them? No, I don't understand this group. I don't know what they're going for. I don't know what their aim is. Um, so uh, Shona is hiding in the cafe um, while Chalky is talking to Janice. Um, Janice refers to Shona as a little witch. 
um, which Shona hears, then starts trashing the place. And Janice, when called out on her language, um, says she should go play with traffic or summit. <laughs> I just want at some point show to sound go, I am of average height. Yeah. Everyone keeps calling her a little something. <laughs> I draw I'll accept poison dwarf, but I draw the line at little. <laughs> um so in the face of the sort of devastation that Shona causes, Chalky like really loses his rag, yells at her, almost hits her, which is weird. It's so weird. You can't recover from that moment on like a character level. No! Because we'll just be like, you know, Dante killed a child. <laughs> Chalky was ready to punch a 13-year-old girl in the face. It's, in- a girl- it's incredible. A girl going through a just... Very emotional. And it used to be a thing, right, with your Kid of the Week stories, when there was something going on, the head would filter down to everyone, look, this is going on, give these kids a wide yeah. berth. That's what they always did. And they didn't for this. And yeah, that doesn't they, excuse they, it. They'd go, this is going on, make sure you pick on this kid in your class. Yeah. <laughs> would really help the plot. <laughs> Chalky, I really want you to to pick out these two girls to go to war with them today, Okay. But no, like you say, this should be like end of this character. Yeah, absolutely. Once you've nearly, no. once you've nearly punched a child, that's it. Yeah, it did remind me of the uh, sideshow Bob line. It's like attempted assault. What is that? Has anyone ever won a Nobel Prize in attempted chemistry? <laughs> <laughs> so then Chalky goes out to the commotion at the railings and the nan hits him. And then the director of education shows up um, sort of asks Chalky if he can help. Um, Chalky, not realising who he is, says, oh, it's all ruined, and Karen wanted to impress this bureaucrat from the council. But, like, I, yeah, I can't believe that's the first time he's ever been referred to as a bureaucrat from the council. No, because he is. He think, is a bureaucrat from the council. He is a bureaucrat from the council. <laughs> At this point, Rob inevitably finds Aidan and Vicky after unlocking the door with the key, which unsettled me because I've said before they didn't lock it. Um, and then Rob says, oh, you know, you've got to come clean or I will. Imagine if Rob had gone to Jess and told her. <laughs> which makes Karen's reaction later in the episode yeah. even more insane. Um, yeah, I guess yeah, I guess Karen, Karen wanted Rob to tell her, not Jess. There's a, you know, chronologically, we've got about an hour and a half between that <laughs> moment and the moment they all find out. And Rob doesn't yeah. spend a moment in the same room as Karen between now and no, then. No. And what's he supposed to do? Bring your side at a grand cafe unveiling and say, by the way. <laughs> and also, things are a bit fro- things are a bit frosty because Karen's been warned off by Naomi as well. Yeah. So Yeah. But I suppose given given the news Karen's had recently you know, if Rob goes, I've got something to tell you about Jess, and she'll be like, another one? <laughs> it's happening again! <laughs> yeah, but in this scene, when he discovers that this is when Aiden fully has four different characters. <laughs> because he's just like, he stands up and he's all just like cock of the walk, just like, uh, you know, yeah, I'm just having a bit of fun. And then he's just like, then he's just immediately angry at his dad for something. And then it's like, you messed around with Karen. It ruins your relationship with your girlfriend or whatever. And then he's just like, uh, then he's suddenly sad about, it's it's a barney. Yeah. It's because they're trying to suddenly add layers to this character who has had one, he's been one dimensional the whole series. 
yeah, he is exactly. arrogant ladies man that is it yeah he's arrogant ladies man who doesn't wield knife that's what the last arrogant ladies man did <laughs> So at the railings, the protest is now calling itself Grannies for Justice. Justice for what? Okay. But what I did like is that uh, the nanny's shouting to call the Rochdale Observer, and it's always nice to get the Flaming Press referenced. Yeah, yeah. You always you know, think of somewhere Jack Rimmer getting a shiver down his spine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's 45 degrees in Dubai. Jack yeah. Rimmer's gone cold. <laughs> yeah. So Karen goes over to where this protest is happening. She seems very focused on the school's needs rather than the needs of the two children who are affected by this issue. And that is why Rachel Mason is a queen. Yes. And Karen, Karen is a mere. She is, she is Anne Boleyn. <laughs> okay. I don't really know a lot about Henry's I was going to say, let's can we, can we play that analogy out? <laughs> His favourite one was the middle one. It was third. Jane Seymour. Jane Seymour, that was his favourite one. <laughs> so, yes, that's why you have... So, Rachel Rachel Mason will be Jane Seymour. Say Seymour. And then uh, <laughs> to the tower with Karen. <laughs> I'm not sure it works. <laughs> Uh, Karen has a go at Chalky, says, you know, you're not cut out to be a teacher. Um, meanwhile, Richard, the director of education, is having an evil Tory conspiracy with evil Tory Eleanor. Yeah, I just, I had a thought about this, that this is Rochdale. Rochdale now is very, very Labour. Rochdale back then was even more Labour. Yeah. Like, I, I, the idea that there'd be any, like, she'd have... Town-wide recognition as a Tory. <laughs> yeah, but, oh, this is the one, is it? Yeah. Um, even more confusingly, at the railings, the Granny Coalition has fallen apart, and we don't know why. See, I thought I wasn't paying attention, <laughs> but they do just walk off. There's a bit where the Nan says, oh, you know where's my paracetamols? I may as well swallow the lot now. And it seems that the other grannies are just, her hyperbole upsets them so much. <laughs> I'm aghast. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so they all go, and then Nan fakes a heart attack. But again, because the acting is so poor in this, I cannot discern whether, the, whether it was the character... <laughs> acting a bad heart attack or whether it was the actress acting a bad heart attack. Yeah. In this case, character. (laughs) Character. Um, But yeah, when the paramedics turn up and it's revealed that she was faking it, Shona is outraged too. And then the nan and the mum have a little interaction where the nan calls her a wonderful mother all of a sudden because this fake heart attack has brought them together. (laughs) The plot ends in eight seconds when the nan stands up and goes, look, I was this, I was this, and I'm sorry. It's like, well, why don't you just do that at the start of the episode? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Aiden and Vicky are talking. Aiden doesn't want to tell Jess what's happening. So GCSE. Vicky says, I will tell her then. And then... Aiden starts getting all like toxic and controlling and Vicky slaps him. And then Vicky goes to tell Ronan that she's splitting up with him, says that he's better off without her. Yeah. At some point, Aiden tries to like say, says to Vicky, 
I'll tell my dad he was seeing things. Yes, he does say that, yeah. Which is an outrageous thing. Yeah. <laughs> Aiden has absolute confidence in that as a strategy. <laughs> he was he was seeing things. You admitted it to him afterwards. Did you see that as well? His dad, uh, your dad just walked into a room and pictured his son rolling around with a teenage girl. If he bought that, I'd be concerned. I don't know. I don't. I don't see things very often. But you know what? I'd say it's never been that. <laughs> Just walk into the house and was like, Charlie, why are the two teenagers <laughs> having sex on the floor? They've not even taken their socks off. Oh, it's such a poor, poor decision. <laughs> so uh, Chalky then goes to Karen with his resignation letter. Um, but she seems quite proud of him for not actually hitting Shona. <laughs> What? She's like, well, you didn't, you didn't actually beat a child today. <laughs> so, what does a teacher need to do to a child in this school? And then, like, you know, I have no sympathy for Eleanor at all. No, you know, she she is a snake out to sell out the school for her own. But Karen is going to come down harder on a teacher for wanting to progress her career than she is going to come down on a teacher who had sex with a child not only a child her daughter <laughs> and, and, and then she will do on a teacher who was literally a foot away from punching a girl in the face yeah and as Kara's response is you've got to overcome your demons Daniel <laughs> those those punching child demons but we've all got we've all got them <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you know how I used to work them out in a school <laughs> Um, but then she sort of in sort of trademark Waterloo Road fashion gives him an opportunity to like turn it all around by sorting out this cafe. There's an hour until opening. The cafe is currently covered in paint and broken furniture. Yeah, he does a lot in an hour. In an hour. Imagine, right, so he's like, I can't, I can't hack it as a teacher. He goes and he turns around this cafe in an hour. He's <laughs> yeah, like... Yeah. Okay, I found my calling. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. DIY, it's DIY SOS. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not out to be a teacher, but I am Kevin McLeod. Like that's yeah. where I'm at. <laughs> I love I love Kevin McLeod so much, and I'm a huge grand designs fan. And I watched one the other day where he just turns up. He spends two years turning up at will in the worst two years of these people's lives. To more often than not tell them their design is a monstrosity. <laughs> this little fella from Birmingham built his house in the middle of a church and Kevin McLeod just complained the entire time. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, so Chalky apologises to Shona, but like they reconcile, but she's sort of like, oh, I don't know if I'm in the mood to sing at your weird performance. <laughs> um, so then Karen is now showing Richard around and she walks past Mr. Mead's classroom and with no irony or awareness in her voice, praises him for getting young women into science. <laughs> into biology. Uh... Yeah. Oh, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't. No, no. I, I think Daniel's best quality as a teacher is his ability to know that he's always speaking to Shona. Because yes. they're twins. 
Ben yeah. wins, and at no point during this episode does he go up to the wrong one. Yeah. Um. So Karen takes Richard over to the cafe. It's a grim-looking building. I don't want to go to this cafe. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is like yeah, it's just a hole in the wall as well. It's yeah. like. It's like a village hall where they had like they rent it out for parties or whatever, and then you'll have yeah. like the art, like a couple of nans will be behind the hole in the wall, cutting yeah. up sandwiches and stuff for the kids. That's yeah, what this place basically is. Well, the nans here are all tied to the railings. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so just before they do this big grand opening, um, uh, Vicky comes clean to Jess about what had happened, um. So but then, this is the GCSE acting scene <laughs> because you just cut to it. You hear the director go action, basically, and Aiden just goes right. I'll 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 put my sneer on. It's <laughs> like, don't tell her, Vicky. And then Vicky just yells. She just screams, <laughs> just like you can't control me. I'll tell her if I want. And just like, what's all this noise? <laughs> it's. <laughs> It's so bad. Yeah, it's not the greatest. Um, So the twins start singing Say a Little Prayer. The mum and the nan are sitting together. There was a court order. Surely, surely there was a court order. (laughs) But the court, but that's the thing, is because that's why the the grannies for justice thing doesn't make sense, because all the judge has done is decide where the twins should live. He or she hasn't blocked any of the parents from seeing anybody, hasn't blocked any of the grannies from seeing anybody. That's only for them to figure out themselves. So what justice does she want? <laughs> Who knows? I want, the, I want the justice of not having to make up with my child <laughs> to see my grandchildren. Finn brings Sam in for the uh, um, the cafe opening and she's really enjoying the performance. Jess then storms in, grabs the microphone and tells Ronan about the affair, slaps Vicky and Sam says, oh, I wouldn't have missed this for the world. See, at first, like, the, the cafe is happening. Sam's just like, oh, I don't want to miss the coolest thing that's ever happened in Wortley Road. Sam was there when a digger destroyed the front of the school. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then uh, the thing I like about Jess's, like, speech is she's just like, tell her, tell Ronan what happened. And Ronan's like, what's going on? I was like, Ronan, if you can't put the pieces together at this <laughs> yeah, point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bless you, Ronan. Bless you. <laughs> <laughs> You willing idiot. <laughs> so uh, Karen and Rob have a little set too, and she's like jibing at him about keeping secrets. Um, again, again, Rob had quite literally zero opportunity to tell her. Yeah. Maybe this will be out of date by the time it airs, but she wanted him to do an Ekin Sue. And the <laughs> moment he heard the information, just walk across the walk across the villa and tell Karen exactly what happened but with a little bit of a twist just add a bit more spice to it it's going to be so out of date so out of date but if people come for my Luca <laughs> by, by the time this has come out Ekin Sue will either be the biggest hate figure in the nation or the new regular panellist on Loose Women there is no in between <laughs> yeah. no, she would have just stole be the first Love Island contestant to steal the 50k in the <laughs> Richard from the from the LA and Eleanor are having a, a a covert chat, and Richard basically does the umbrage from Harry Potter. Things at Hogwarts are worse than I feared. 
<laughs> yeah, then appoints her as yeah, the inquisitorial squad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so he wants Eleanor to be a spy because he wants to build a new Tory school and he wants Eleanor to be involved. <laughs> um, so then uh there's a, a um just a lovely little scene with, with Finn and Sam, which we don't need to talk about it much. It doesn't get cuter to say I love you with hand gestures. If anything, it's less efficient. Just say it out loud. <laughs> the thing is, though, 16-year-old me loved that. I vividly remember that scene. Oh. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm just affronted that they said it back. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Six, 16-year-old me could not compute that for a second. <laughs> you, you were... Miming I love you at women left, right, and centre. What do you mean she just nods and says thank you? <laughs> what do you mean she just signs out of MSN? <laughs> oh, the days of being able to passively, aggressively appear offline. So good. I know. I said, so, can you remember the last time you just said, oh, I'm just, I'm going to bed now, good night. <laughs> yeah. I've had, like, <laughs> Basically, we have had one non-stop conversation for five years, six at years. At least, yeah, at least. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We just don't we've, end anymore. We've never once said BRB. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so Karen and Jess are having like a little conversation. They like have a, a, a hug about how much that men are terrible. Um and then Rob's back at home and he sort of tells Naomi that she can stay. And that's where the episode ends. Mercifully, it ends. It's a very untidy would, and lengthy conclusion to the episode. I would say that 60-minute episode of television took me about 115 <laughs> to watch. <laughs> For no, no reasons, at some point I was just pausing it and watching TikToks. I was just like, <laughs> I can't. Um, so the next time trailer... Uh, the school is hiring a PR lady. Sam is going to find her dad. <laughs> I think you'll find the school is not hiring a PR lady. They're hiring a cartoon. <laughs> yes. There's more Karen and Rob drama. And then there's Rob kissing Naomi. I, look, I, I, I didn't think this episode was as bad as you said. I don't think it's good. I think it is a bad episode. But I don't think it's remarkable. I think I, some of the- I, I think I don't think it's worse than there's five or six episodes in the back half of series six that are worse than this. But that's because it's just a bad plot dragging everything down, right? But the actors at least were competent. <laughs> um, better or worse than the like outward bound episode from series three with Eddie and Bolton and all of that. <laughs> but again, that was just stupid. <laughs> this is like it's just fundamentally bad. Like the basics of television aren't being achieved here. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think it was that bad. I thought it was perfectly tolerable. Oof. Um play out song. We've got we've got Arcade Fire, or we've got Like a Virgin, or Say a Little Prayer. Um, I think Say a Little Prayer, but you, you know what I'm about to say, don't you? 
You're about to say the Glee version. Yes, yes, I am. <laughs> because they perform it in a like a cappella in a room full of people. Yeah, as did Quinn for Bray. So yeah. <laughs> slap that on there, sir. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>